Rise and shine, you Syracuse superfans. It's time to pour yourself a tall, delicious glass of orange fizz. Syracuse recruiting news, insider information, latest SU buzz. The Syracuse blogosphere comes to life on the central New York airwaves. It's Fizz Radio. Well, it's been a rough week for Syracuse basketball fans, but the Orange finally gets some good news with O'Shea Brissett announcing that he plans to return to Syracuse for a sophomore season, and maybe Tyus Battle is up next to do the same thing. Hello and welcome to Fizz Radio here on the Score 1260. I'm Drew Carter alongside J.D. Rachi. Got you until 11 o'clock here on the Voice of the Central New York Sports Fan. Let's just get right into it. It, it has been a brutal series of events for Syracuse basketball this week. First, it's Matthew Moyer transferring. Then it's Braden Bayer transferring, not quite as bad. And then it's Darius Baisley announcing he's going to go to the G League instead of coming to Syracuse. Finally, something positive happens to the Orange. Yeah, O'Shea Brissett saying that he right now is leaning toward coming back is a big thing. He it came across on in an interview with a Canadian radio station on Wednesday. So him announcing that just a couple of days ago, really big for Syracuse, especially considering what they're going to be losing with, uh, with Darius Baisley deciding to go to the G League. Um, I wrote a piece about how I thought that with Darius Baisley, O'Shea Brissett was more important to get back than Tyus Battle. Now that's even more magnified now that Baisley's gone because I thought that wing combination could be one of the best in the ACC. Could be a Marvin Bagley-Wendell-Carter kind of combination. Not the same style of play, but certainly the same talent level. Um, so, no, But now that Darius Baisley is gone, is going to the G League, is going pro. It's even more crucial that O'Shea Brissett comes back because where are you going to get scoring from? Where are you going to get rebounding from? He led the team in rebounding a year ago. As a freshman, he's only going to get better as a sophomore. Yeah, there were a couple of times where O'Shea Brissett kind of showed you the potential, and he, he never really put it together for a 10- or 12-game stretch in his freshman season, but you saw flashes of it in the non-conference against Georgetown and Buffalo. I think he went back-to-back with 25-point games. And he was a monster in those two, if you watch them. I think in that Buffalo game, he had something ridiculous, like 19 or 20 free throws. Yeah, the free throw percentage was through the roof at the beginning of the season. It kind of tapered off toward the end of the season. But those are the kinds of things you want to see from O'Shea Brissett. He draws fouls. And frankly, when I was watching the NCAA tournament, I saw a lot of fouls against O'Shea Brissett that weren't called. He creates contact. He's a slasher. That's what his that's what his strength is. He gets to the bucket, creates contact, finishes through contact. And that's the kind of player we're gonna get in Darius Baisley. Uh so Don't now say that name. I'm sorry. He, he who shall not be named. The big kahuna, we'll call him. Yeah, we'll call him uh, the one that got away. It's a tough break for Syracuse, yeah. no doubt. But now that he's gone, you're gonna really need that slashing to come back. And if O'Shea Brissett goes to the draft, which it doesn't look like he is going to as of now, things could change. Hopefully they don't. If you're a Syracuse basketball fan, things could change. But if he doesn't, if he decides to come back, he's going to be a huge part of the Syracuse offense as he was already as a freshman. Yeah, there's still plenty of time for him to change his mind. But as of now, it does seem like O'Shea Brissett is going to be coming back to Syracuse. Again, he said he said this on a Canadian radio station, fitting considering that he is from Mississauga, Ontario. And the timeline for this, basically in late May, they have to make the decision whether they're going to pull out of the NBA draft pool or keep their name in and sign with an agent. May 25th, I believe, is the official date when the NBA Combine ends. That's after they can get some opinions from scouts and executives in the NBA and decide whether they want to leave their name in the draft or pull it back. And Brissett, it seems like he's all in, and this really isn't anything new. I mean, throughout the entire season, it sounded like he wanted to stay at Syracuse for at least two years. 
And there was a little bit of worry that when he, he started going off and he started having those massive games in late December, and then especially come tournament time, our very own Tyler Rocky coined the term Malik Candidate, I think is the Malik name. Malik Candidate is somebody who decides to have a huge NCAA tournament and all of a sudden turns himself into an NBA draft prospect a la Malachi Richardson from a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. Um, I think O'Shea Brissett did that to some extent. He played really, really well in the tournament. He was probably SU's most consistent performer yeah. in the NCAA tournament in that Sweet 16 run. Um, but I think that putting O'Shea Brissett putting his name in the draft and not hiring an agent is a fantastic opportunity, a fantastic decision for him. Because now with the way the rule works, there is literally no reason that every single player in the entire college basketball landscape shouldn't be at least putting their name and dangling it in front of NBA executives. Because if you don't sign an agent, you have every single opportunity to come back. Uh, We didn't see Tyler Lydon do that. He signed an agent right away. You knew he was gone. We didn't see Malachi Richardson do that. He signed an agent. He was gone right away. Neither O'Shea Brissett nor Tyus Battle have done that so far. So if you're getting your game in front of NBA scouts, that's only going to raise your profile. That's only going to do good things for you. So I think that it's a great option for O'Shea Brissett to do. I just think that he's probably not quite ready. Uh, We haven't really seen him appear on any draft boards like we have seen Tyus Battle do a couple of times. Um, So he's not quite ready in my opinion. I think he should come back. Uh, But I think it's a great opportunity that the NBA has presented its young athletes or young players that could come into the league in a couple of years. We saw Jalen Adams of St. Bonaventure do it. It's just a good way to get your name out there and then get some critical feedback and see what you've got to work on to really impress these NBA scouts and get to the next level. We did see with Tyler Lydon as well kind of backfire in Syracuse's case where Lydon tested the waters after a sophomore season. And despite the fact that he was reportedly the fattest player in the draft class, I think he had like the highest percentage percentage? percentage of body fat. He that's, still went to the fine. draft, and that hasn't really worked out for him because he's going to be playing in the G League with Darius Basley next year. Well, to be fair, he got hurt, so mm-hmm. he, he's dealing with an injury. He and was he's up on a deep Nuggets. He team was too. yeah, he was up and down between the Nuggets. He played a, I think a handful of games, um, but you know, is it always the right option to go to the NBA? Absolutely not. You never know. It's a case by case basis. It really is, and I think in this case. O'Shea is incredibly talented. Don't get me wrong. He was my favorite player to watch on this Syracuse basketball team, bar none. I think he's got the most upside of any player on last year's uh, Syracuse basketball team. I think he's going to play in the NBA one day. I just don't think that day is quite yet. I think he needs to work on his game a little bit, refine his jump shot a little bit, uh, improve his his defense. He's a good defender, but uh, just improving your defense and becoming a more well-rounded basketball player is always something that NBA scouts are looking for, and I think that if he stays at least one more season, maybe even more, he could really round out his game and transform himself into a guy that can really help an NBA team right away. Talking about O'Shea Brissett, Syracuse basketball freshman, reportedly leaning towards staying at Syracuse, not even just reportedly. He said that himself on a Canadian radio station earlier this week. Drew Carter with J.D. Rachi on the score 1260 got you until 11 o'clock on this beautiful Saturday morning in central New York. And I completely agree with what you were saying there, J.D. I think of anyone on this team, he probably has the highest ceiling, not just for his NBA career, but for a Syracuse career as well. And that's one of the things I think you hit on your piece is – yeah, Tyus Battle at this point, probably a better college player than Brissett. But coming into next season, 
Who knows? Because this guy has the physical tools. He's so long, especially in the Syracuse zone, where he could explode in his sophomore season. And like I said, we've seen the flashes with those two 25-point games in the NCAA tournament. He was this team's best player uh, come tournament time. I I really think this guy has the highest ceiling of anyone on the Syracuse team. And next year, the numbers could be astronomical. Yeah, and I think the biggest reason that I'd like to see O'Shea Brissett come back over Tyus Battle is what he gives to this team in comparison to what Syracuse has on the roster next year. With O'Shea Brissett, you're going to get rebounding. You don't have a crop of great rebounders coming in. You pretty much get back what you already had, and you lose Matthew Moyer, who was a pretty good hustle rebounder. You get a good slasher. I don't think you have that on next year's team quite yet. I think Elijah Hughes maybe could fill that role, but he's still a guard. You'd like to have a little bit of a bigger body also uh, running too. through that lane. Um, and then you, so I think that the stuff that O'Shea brings to the table is a lot less replaceable than what Tyus would uh, would leave here in Syracuse. So with Tyus, I think he's a great two guard. He's a combo guard. He can score. He can ball handle. He uh, is not a great three point shooter. He can hit the mid range jumper. He can create his own shot. But I think when you look at the roster next year with Jalen Carey and Elijah Hughes, I think they're very much players in the mold of Tyus Battle, and they could fill in easily. I don't see a wing player like Brissett coming into, the, especially with Baisley leaving, coming into the roster next year that could really fill the void that O'Shea would leave. So I think it's super critical that O'Shea Brissett comes back at this Syracuse basketball team wants to be successful, especially now with Darius Baisley headed to the G League. Right, and you you wrote this piece. Keep in mind before all this news before, came before. before before Baisley, right. I, one of my points that BB I made before Baisley, ooh, it's like BC. Exactly. I like it. Yeah. So one of the points I made in here, I had three points why it was more more important for O'Shea Brissett to come back, and the big the biggest point was the thought of a front court featuring Brissett and Darius Baisley. Yeah. is scary. That mm-hmm. obviously gets eradicated, gets completely thrown out the window at this point. But I think my two other points still still hold. There'd be a log jam if that at guard if Tyus Battle mm-hmm. stays. A lot of ball handlers and a lot of guys to get minutes to. Howard Washington, Frank Howard, uh, Elijah Hughes, Jalen Carey, Tyus Battle, Buddy Bayheim. The list goes on in terms of guards. You're a lot thinner at the at the small forward position and at, in the front court. And then the other point I made was that Brissett's abilities, like I said, a lot less replaceable than what Tyus Battle brings to the table. Right, and the and the thing with the logjam in the backcourt is a good problem to have. Oh, absolutely, it's a, it's a good problem to have. I'm just saying, compared to the front court, right? You've there's just a bevy of guards and nothing at forward. Right, and you've got Dolajai, Sidibe. And Pascal Chukwu coming back in the front court. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's obviously not great. It could be better. Yeah, it, it's, it leaves a lot to be desired. That's correct. And Baisley, not only does he provide that depth in terms of what position he plays, but he also gives you a little bit more versatility on offense. Because with Tyus Battle, really, like, yeah, he scores a lot of points per game. He's a very impressive ISO player. His jump shot is pretty pure. There's a little bit of a hitch in his form, but he's a good shooter. He, he he gives you that number one option on offense. He models his game after Kobe Bryant. But O'Shea Brissett is kind of the only guy who really makes things happen when he cuts to the basket. That's what it seems like. Frank Howard, a lot of pull-up jump shots. Yeah, he's a good passer, but he also turns it over quite a bit. Tyus Battle sort of hangs out on the perimeter. A couple of times per game, you'll see him make an NBA type of move to the basket. But Brissett's the one guy who consistently gets to the hoop. One of our biggest complaints all year was that the SU offense was stagnant. It didn't move. 
It was just pass between Tyus and Frank. Pass between Tyus and Frank. Oh, pull-up jumper with three seconds left on the shot clock. I think O'Shea is the movement. He is the he is the energizer bunny, if you will, of this offense. He moves without the ball. He sets good screens. He comes off. He he gets around good screens and gets open for jump shots or gets the ball in a position where he can take to the bucket, which is where he's most talented and most well skilled. So I think that he is kind of the the straw that stirs the drink, if you will. Mm-hmm. He is the one that keeps this offense moving, keeps it flowing, and keeps it heading in the right direction. Right. And Tyus Battle, there are a, there are a couple things that he can really improve. Like maybe going to his left hand a little bit more. Maybe you want to see him prove that he can defend man to man. Probably not going to happen at Syracuse, but if he you're can not going to see that muscle, happen anytime soon. The thing with Brissett is there's such an obvious way for him to improve his draft stock, and that's by developing his jumper. And Jim Beheim said a couple of times during that freshman season that we know Brissett can shoot. We've seen it in practice. They know it's in there, but it's just a matter of developing more consistency. Guy shot 35% from the field. I mean, we rave about him a lot because he's got all this potential and he's fun to watch and he explodes at different times. But the bottom line is he was not efficient in his freshman season, so there's tons of room for him to improve, especially with that jumper. And the jump shot's already – it definitely can improve. Don't get me wrong, but it's already pretty good. You look at the three-point shooting numbers between Battle and Brissett last season. Battle shot it at 32.2%. Brissett shot it at 33% from beyond the arc. That doesn't seem like a huge difference, but keep in mind, O'Shea was awful from beyond the arc at the beginning of the season. He was like 1 for 8, 1 for 9, 0 for 6 from three-point range. So he really built himself up, and I think you saw it in the NCAA tournament, really focused on that jump shot, trying to knock down good shots. He works with Red Autry on it all the time. So I think that that's one of the things he can definitely improve on. But that's something that Tyus can definitely improve on as well. And Syracuse in general just wasn't a great three-point shooting team this season. So Brissett, let's say he comes back because that's the assumption right now. Do we think that Tyus follows the same path? Because during this season, I thought there was no chance. I thought Battle was as good as gone when he was averaging 20 points per game, leading the ACC in scoring, especially before the conference slate began. But I've been hearing rumblings that, A, this guy loves college, and, B, after that deep tournament run, or deep, I guess, in quotations, but Sweet That's 16, pretty, uh, where, pretty deep. Right, where nobody expected them to be, I could see Battle coming back. I could see him coming back. I just don't know if it's the right option for him. Again, I think that there's some things to work on for Tyus Battle. However, like I said, big logjam at guard. Obviously, he's going to get the minutes. Uh, Jim Beheim's not going to say, oh, yep, Jalen's going to play more than Tyus next year. That's not happening. Um, but I just think there's some opportunities for him, kind of in the mold of Darius Baisley. He's going to go compete against great talent day in and day out, NBA caliber talent, and really improve his game, work on his game. I think right now I'd kind of lead Tyus got battle going to the draft. Um, I've seen a couple of mock drafts that had him in the late 20s in the first round um, around the Brooklyn, Cel- uh, Boston Celtics area. Um, so He's I, all over the place, though. Yeah, I mean, he is. But at the be- toward the middle of the season, we didn't see him even in the first or second round in the two-round mock drafts. So his draft stock's definitely gone up with, his, uh, with how the uh, NCAA tournament run went. So that's why I kind of lean toward him leaving. But obviously, Syracuse fans would love to see him back. If he's back and O'Shea's back and Jalen Carey's there and Elijah Hughes there, this team could, even without Darius Bisley, could still be special. Yeah, I was talking with Tyler the other day and Drew Carter and J.D. Rochi right now on Fizz Radio on the Score 1260, and he actually said that he thinks the Baisley news made it less likely 
that battle comes, or more likely, I should say, more likely that battle comes back, whereas I think it kind of makes it less likely. Because if I'm if I'm in Tyus' shoes, I would say, well, this team could be really good with Baisley. I want to be part of something special. Tyler was saying that if Baisley had come, Tyus might have a little bit of a smaller slice of the pie in terms of the Syracuse offense. I think he'd have a much smaller slice. But I don't know. I think he would still be the number one option. But it's so hard to like say that he'd be. I understand he's been fantastic, average twenty points a game. No, he would X, be. Y, this Z. isn't an argument. Tyus Battle would still be the number one option. Darius Baisley, Baisley is a freshman. He's a top he 10 be recruit. A freshman. So what? So what? It's Jim Beheim. There's well, who is the who is the top? I know option? Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, exactly. But they but didn't like, have a Tyus Battle esque player on that team. I mean, I I guess that's true, but I I don't know. It would Battle definitely would not be have close. gone from a twenty point per game score to the second guy in the food chain. I would almost guarantee that. His the number, conversation is moot okay, now because well, Baisley's not coming. Right, but, what, but what, do you think his numbers would have dropped? He's going to score less if Baisley's here, right? I don't know if that's true, dude. Baisley's, Baisley so, might not even be a ball-dominant player. So, that's then the Baisley, so then Baisley eats some other numbers, like maybe Frank there, Howard's production? But the thing is, the pie would increase because the pie was tiny this year because the Syracuse yeah, offense they sucks. can't score. Exactly. That's my point. Okay. Is they just would have been better as a whole. I see from. And so I think Battle would have been more likely to stay if Baisley had arrived. I can definitely see both sides of the argument. I can see Tyler's side where Tyus wants to be the number one guy. Maybe he wasn't the number one guy. Yeah. And maybe he's not the man on campus if if Darius Baisley's here. I can also see your point that he wants to come and compete for a national championship. That's what you come to college to do. Right. You try to win a national championship. That's every team's goal every single season. Um, so I can definitely see both sides of it. Yeah, that's why I was especially upset about the Darius Baisley news because I think it makes it less likely that a battle returns and obviously less likely that Syracuse does something special next year. That remains to be seen, though. We've got plenty of time to talk about that. For now, what we do think we know is that O'Shea Brissett is going to return to Syracuse for a sophomore season, which will be a lot better next year, maybe much improved for the Orange in 2018-2019. All right, plenty more to talk about on Fizz Radio. Coming up next, Syracuse football offering – Five offensive linemen? Three in one set, two in another set? Yeah, a lot of of big boys. Lots of excitement. We got some hogs potentially coming to Syracuse. We'll talk about that next on Fizz Radio on The Score 1260. Welcome back to Fizz Radio here on The Score 1260 alongside Drew Carter. I'm J.D. Rachi. And, Drew, over the last week or so, last couple of weeks, we've really seen some of the hog mollies start getting some attention here from Syracuse football. We know how good of a recruiter Dino Babers is. And they've offered a couple of uh, big offensive linemen, a couple from some places that Dino's pretty comfortable, Duke Clements from Honolulu, Hawaii, of course. Dino was a player and a grad assistant at the University of Hawaii. Walter Rouse from Washington, D.C., a place where Dino has been successful in the last couple of seasons. And then Jay Amberge from Ohio, a Midwest guy, and you always got to like the, the big Midwest guys coming in and playing hard, a little country strong. That's a, that's a place where I would always like to get my offensive lineman from. It's kind of like getting fish from a place that's right on the ocean. You know, it's like that is that is a hub. It's a different kind of offensive lineman. It's a different kind yeah. of fish. It's a fresh offensive lineman. It's just lineman. special. It's just that's that's the place you want to go for for that very specific product. And then you got a couple other guys, a defensive lineman actually in Marcus Stripling and then another offensive lineman in New Jersey's CJ Hansen. So, a lot of big boys Syracuse, of course, had some struggles on the offensive line last season. These guys could really help out that offensive line in the future, all of them from the class of 2019. 100%. And you can kind of see uh, Dino Babers looking to recruit maybe a specific type of offensive lineman for his system. You would think that it's an offensive lineman who, as opposed to being your 
350-pound behemoth along the front, maybe someone who's a little bit more athletic. And I'm not talking about a 250-pound scrub. I'm talking about maybe some, some guy who's somewhere in the middle, maybe around 275 to 300 pounds who can run up and down the field. And in an offense that tries to run a play every 20 seconds or so, can kind of get used to that system without getting too gassed between plays. And two of these guys are really athletic. I broke down three of them, the Duke Clemens, Walter Rouse, and then uh, Jay Amberg and the Nathan Dickinson, one of our fellow Fizz staff members, broke down Marcus Stripling and DJ or CJ Hansen, I should say. For a second, I thought you were saying that Nathan Dickinson was an offensive line recruit. And there was that would an, be another awesome. Nathan Dickinson. I mean, Nate's pretty big. Like <laughs> he could he I think he could hold his own. He could have played some O line in high school out in out in Indiana, another Midwest kind of guy. We do um, have a, a Fizz staff member who is an all conference O lineman in high school. We won't let you know who that is. Yeah, you'll we'll, have to you'll have to figure that out for yourself. Do but, some detective work. We'll see if anyone actually listens to this. If anyone tweets at us at Orange Fizz on Twitter. I'd love to hear the predictions. Going back to who actually got offered, though, uh, you mentioned that you kind of want to see athletic guys in this offense, on the offensive line, and I think there's two of them from this grouping, this grouping of four offensive linemen, one defensive lineman that are super athletic and can really help out this Syracuse offense. First, Duke Clemens, six foot four, 265 pounds from Honolulu, Hawaii. I watched some of his tape, was really impressed with this guy. Uh, one of the biggest things that his, his high school offense uses is the guard and tackle pull going to the weak side uh, for uh, counters and misdirections, and he gets to the second level quickly. He gets out and makes good blocks. He gets into open space, knocks down guys at the second level. Um, really, really athletic. Then you look at Walter Rouse, the Washington, D.C. guy. Big boy, six foot six, 270 pounds, mm-hmm. but also super athletic. A little bit more of a power kind of guy. When compared to Duke Clements, but can still get to that second level, make good blocks in open space against quicker defenders. So that's kind of what you want to see. I think with the the way football is trending is that you put your most athletic guys on the field. You kind of just put there. It's kind of mm-hmm. becoming not as much as basketball positionless. Like they still there's still positions, but you're putting your most uh, competitive and your most athletic guys on the field. Uh, whether that be a big safety, a smaller linebacker, a smaller edge rusher. You're putting all your best athletes on defense, and I think that these two guys especially can really help Syracuse offensively protect the quarterback, which we know has been an issue. Right, you might be thinking five offensive linemen get offered. How many can realistically come to Syracuse if they all play the same position? Well, for this Orange team, it's all about adding depth along the offensive line because hand-in-hand with that style of player you're looking for you also just want to stockpile guys and get as many bodies as you possibly can and maybe some of these dudes are going to say well if I'm not going to start then I don't want to come to Syracuse anyway and that's fine but it's all about getting your offers out there to as many different guys as possible especially if they fit your system because in reality Dino Babers would take any guy he could get along this offensive line anyone who's a three-star recruit Come to Syracuse because you could realistically use a rotation of up to 10 offensive linemen with this system because you want to get fresh bodies on the field whenever you can. Yeah, because they get tired. It's not easy for big guys to be running around on the field like an Irv Phillips or a Mo Neal is. They just don't have the same kind of endurance, and that's not their fault. They're just bigger. Um, then you look at Jay Amberge, the guy out of Ohio, Reynoldsburg, Ohio, six foot five, two hundred and sixty-five, a little bit undersized in terms of strength, but he's again a good athlete. Also plays some tight end, which is a little bit of an interesting little rinky dink in there. We've seen some uh, tackles and guards. <laughs> you, you like rinky dink? Rinky dink. <laughs> rinky dink's a great word. 
Come on. I now. love that. That's very official. Jay Ambergy, the rinky dink in this this set of uh this set of offers. Six foot five, two sixty-five, like I said, we mentioned coming from Ohio. And you look I just looked at a couple of guys that have come out of Ohio in terms of NFL offensive linemen. Nick Mangold used to play for the Jets. Eric Wood used to play for the Bills. And then Matt Light used to play for the Patriots. All super successful, all pro bowlers. So you love to see a guy coming from there. Then we move over to the uh, article that Nate wrote, C.J. Hansen out of um, New Jersey. He's kind of more the big guy that you were talking about earlier, Drew. Six foot five, two eighty five. In the words of Nate Dickinson, Quote, that is a hard body to try and push aside. No doubt about it. That's an understatement. He is a big boy, kind of in the mold of Kadir White. Not as big. Kadir White is one of the biggest human beings I have ever seen. I can't wait to see him in person because he is huge. But then let's talk about Marcus Stripling, the defensive end here. He's the most highly touted guy in this batch of of recruits that Syracuse offered. A four-star guy. 20 schools have offered him so far, including Syracuse. All of them power five except for Houston, who's a pretty good program, and then Notre Dame, who might as well be. is pretty much a power right. five team. Right. So you look at Marcus Stripling, he can help you on the defensive side. He can play tackle, he can play end. And the defensive line was impressive, but there have been some injuries in spring practice, so maybe the health isn't the best moving forward. Right, right. And the depth, again, we, we, we're going to keep harping on this because the depth is big for Syracuse because – the offensive linemen on the roster have shown a little bit of a tendency to go down with injuries. Uh, we saw this last year when more than 50% of the offensive line that started at the beginning of the season was on the shelf with injuries at different points of the season. And then the big elephant in the room talking about these big offensive linemen is the guy they're protecting. I mean, Eric Dungy has one last season at Syracuse. He's going to be a senior in 2018. And he, if anyone has proven to be injury-prone on this roster – Dungy's Dungy's maladies have been a little bit fluky, but at the same time, when a guy misses time in three consecutive seasons, it starts to become more of a trend than a fluke. And so for Eric Dungy, you want to put as many offensive linemen in front of him and as many good offensive linemen in front of him as you possibly can, which is why I honestly think that offensive line might be the single most important position for Syracuse to recruit in this cycle. Yeah, I think either offensive line or defensive back because we know how bad the Syracuse pass defense has been over right. the past few seasons. Those are two of the biggest targets. And you mentioned Derek Dungy. Coming up on the other side of this break, we'll talk about the quarterback situation for Syracuse. It might seem secure now, but you have some thoughts. There might be a little... Uh, Maybe hot take action here. little hot take action here coming up on Fizz Radio. You're listening to it on The Score 1260. Back on Fizz Radio on the score 1260. Got you for about 15 more minutes here on the voice of the Central New York sports fan. Taking you up until 10 o'clock here on this gorgeous Saturday morning. Drew Carter back with J.D. Rachi. So glad you're along for this one. We've already talked about Syracuse basketball with O'Shea Brissett. We've already talked about Syracuse football with recruiting some offensive lineman targets. And you, if you want to hear all of that, check us out on SoundCloud at Orange Fizz on SoundCloud.com. And you can also see all of our content on Twitter as well at Orange Fizz. But now we want to talk about a couple of guys that we know are coming to Syracuse in this football class of 2018. And, J.D., before we get into this, I just got to say, there is a chance I say something ridiculous during this block. There's a chance? There is a chance. A chance. And if you know anything about the Syracuse football class, you might know what I'm alluding to. Chance Amy, a three-star quarterback out of Texas, is coming in as a freshman. And I think there's a good chance... 
he starts at some point this season. This dude is filthy. If you've seen his highlights, uh, oh man, he's nasty. He's we gonna were just, start. You we really were just think watching he's gonna them. start. No, we were just watching no way. them. Come if, on he, now. if he doesn't redshirt, even if he does redshirt, screw it. I'll go out here. Even if he does redshirt, I think there's a chance that Dino Babers wants to give this guy a look. Let's say I here, mean, here's a hypothetical uh, for you. Boy, all I'm saying is there's a chance. That's the key word. Chance, chance. There's chance. a chance. There's a chance. Buzzword. Take a shot every time I say chance during this segment. You're already plastered at this point. <laughs> Let's say Dino Babers wants him to redshirt this year. We get to week nine, week ten. Boom, Eric Dungey concussion. This is all barely hypothetical. Like, this could easily, easily happen. Easily happen. I mean, it's happened to each of the last three right. years. So Dungey, why wouldn't it happen again? Hashtag barely hypothetical. Dungey leads Syracuse to a 5-4 and four record. Game nine, he goes down. Somebody hit sticks him, and he's out for the rest of the season. You lose that game, you're 5-5. Five and five. You've got two games left. You want to make a bowl game. Dino Baber's third year. Syracuse hasn't done it in quite some time. Do you go to a Tommy DeVito, who maybe he's not ready, or do you pull that red shirt off of assume, Chance Amy? Why are we assuming that DeVito's not ready? Do you pull the red shirt off this filthy quarterback from Texas, who oh. we know has a, an incredibly diverse and fun-to-watch skill set, yeah, he's an athlete. There's he's no doubt. He's so good. He is so good. Watch him throw on the run. 50 yards, dime, right on the money. On the run, escaping pressure. Guy can run the option. He's so good. Let's run the, the read option here at Syracuse. Why not? Why not? Tommy DeVito, he's got a great arm. He shot up recruiting boards for good reason. Four-star recruit, highly touted. Chance Amy's from Texas, and this guy can ball. <laughs> I want to see him. There's a reason that Tommy DeVito is an Under Armour All-American. You, you you get that, right? Sure. You I don't really I, I haven't think... seen him, but I haven't seen him do some of the things that Chance Amy has done. How much I mean, how much have you watched of Tommy DeVito? Plenty. Dude? Plenty, and there's plenty of chances to do so cuz he's always on ESPN. Chances? Plenty of chances to do so. There this is go. a fun name. There I mean, go. if Chance Amy does start, which I think is highly highly unlikely. Sure. There are a lot of puns to be made so there, and we all know chance. we all know that I, J.D. Rachi, am a huge fan of a good pun. You really you force good it word sometimes. Play. You force it. You know what? It's okay because they're puns. Anyways, going back to Chance Amy, super talented quarterback. Three stars, really Texas. Nice. Um, Texas. Shocking is, that he came to Syracuse, by the way. Was yeah, committed flipped, to Houston. Flipped to Houston on the uh, on National Signing Day, the early signing period. Um, we got a chance to talk to him. Super nice kid. Really uh, invested in this Syracuse offense. Really excited. I think he fits the Syracuse offense oh, in terms yeah. of what he is his skill set a little bit better than mm-hmm. Tommy DeVito. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that Tommy DeVito is more coming. polished right no. now. No, that's where you lose. Me. That's where you lose. <laughs> really, me. you think Chance Amy is more no. polished than Tommy DeVito? I I agree, but all I'm saying is I was just really liking. I was picking up what you were putting down. He fits the Syracuse offense. I already have. I'm having dreams of Chance Amy in this high octane SU system. Think about it, man. The original, the OG, high-pace, high high-octane type of college system, Chip Kelly at Oregon. First great quarterback in that system, who am I thinking of? His initials are DD, one of my favorite players ever in college. Why don't you go ahead and tell me? Dennis Dixon. Dennis Dixon is the OG of this fast-paced, spread-it-out offense. And you see, no De- you see Dennis Dixon in I Chance see, Amy? Yeah, 100%. It's all because of the mobility. Yeah, and I'm, he's I'm, super mobile, Tommy super DeVito, athletic. I, Totally understand where you're coming from. Tommy DeVito, not a statue by any means. But Chance Amy brings a different type of electricity to the Syracuse offense. You combine that with a fast pace, unstoppable. Super athlete, super arm. 
Oh, and by the way. A lot of potential. Don't get me wrong. DeVito certainly has a leg up or let's say arm up in accuracy. Oh. Another pun. But in this Syracuse offense, it's engineered to get guys wide open. That's why you spread them out. That's why you go fast-paced. I so think Chance Amy has a chance to start in his freshman season. So what season. you're saying is because it's fast-paced, because they spread him out, the accuracy isn't as important? Yes, because the guys are, in theory, wide open. Again, similar to your Darius Baisley debate, I understand where you're coming from, but I disagree. There's, I just don't think that Chance Amy sniffs the field this season. Before we move on to Fizz feedback, I want you to do something for me. All right? I'm ready. Remember... Dino Baber's introductory press conference where he said, close your eyes. Imagine this. J.D. Rache, I want you to close your eyes. Everybody listening, even if you're driving, I don't care. Close your eyes. Please don't close your eyes. If close you're your eyes. Please keep them open. And Stay imagine safe, this. Please. We imagine love you, this. Nation. Syracuse locks down a stud quarterback out of Texas. Surprising. Not only is he a three-star, pretty highly touted guy who was committed to Houston and flips to Syracuse at the last moment. Not only... Is he fast, delivers darts, has tons of arm strength, but he fits the Syracuse offense so well. I want you to close your eyes and imagine an RG3-esque player <laughs> running Dino Babers. I saw oh. you open your eyes. Close them back. Oh, my goodness. An RG3-esque player like it was at Baylor running Syracuse's offense in the Carrier Dome, no less, with the turf and the fastest show on turf here in Central New York. Chance Amy, hop on the bandwagon. As a freshman, starting for Syracuse. Here's the difference between Chance Amy and uh, Robert Griffin III. Chance Amy, three-star recruit. Robert Griffin III, four- to five-star recruit, depending on who you talk to. You hadn't heard of him before college. This guy... There you go. This guy is in Trevor Lawrence out of Georgia. He's not... RG3 was not one of the best recruits that anybody, anybody had ever seen. RG3 and Chance Amy, essentially on the same plane from a recruiting standpoint. Yeah, I guess so. I and still Chance just Amy, don't see it. He's, he's just he's so fun to watch. So good. He's so good. I think Syracuse has a chance to throw him out there. And maybe we see the Orange led by this dual-threat beast of a freshman out of Texas. I just still, if this is, a, again, a hypothetical, barely hypothetical, as we said. Hashtag barely hypothetical could get it trending. Anyways, I still think it's a huge hypothetical that Eric Dungy goes down. I just think Dino Babers is going to have more, a little bit more trust in Tommy DeVito. I think he's a little bit more polished. Like I said, he's probably a little bit more ready. Do I think Chance Amy could be the starting quarterback down the line? Sure, absolutely. Super talented, super fun to watch, and he would be fun to watch in the carry dome, just maybe not quite yet. Music to my ears. Maybe not his freshman season, but I think Chance Amy has a good shot to start as a first-year player for Syracuse and certainly down the line in the future. All right, we got about five minutes left on Fizz Radio coming up on the other side. Could get heated in the studio as we discuss Fizz feedback. I need to get that bleep button ready because we are going off on a couple of listeners. Stay tuned right here on the Score 1260. All right, Drew Carter, it's time for everybody's favorite part of Fizz Radio. It's Fizz feedback here on the Score 1260. Just a couple of minutes left in the show, and we've got some uh, interesting comments on our on our Twitter sphere here. Yes, sir, we absolutely do, J.D., Orange Fizz tweets, after one of the worst weeks in Syracuse basketball history, it's looking like O'Shea Brissett has some good news for Orange fans. Great. This was a quote That's tweet. awesome. This was a good, it was a quote tweet of our good friend Matthew Gutierrez, noted Daily Orange writer, noted stud, tweeting something about O'Shea Brissett saying on Canadian radio that he is most likely coming back to school for a sophomore season. So, we at Orange Fizz go ahead and quote it and say, 
Great to finally have some good news after one of the worst weeks in Syracuse basketball history. Might seem like we're going out on a limb there, but consider everything that's happened. Matthew Moyer leaves. Sure, Moyer, not a superstar by any means, but a rotation player, someone who you would expect to get better in a second season with Syracuse. Front court depth. Braden Bayer leaves. Speaking of front court depth or back court depth, a guy who played in that round of 32 game against Michigan State. Yeah, he was a former walk-on. Yeah, he might not have played a whole lot next year, but you want your depth. Two guys transfer in a matter of days, and then the bombshell that Darius Baisley is leaving. The best recruit Syracuse has gotten since Carmelo Anthony going to the G League instead of playing for the Orange. That was the real dent for SU basketball fans. Yikes. This all happens in a matter of four or five days. So it's not really out on a limb for Orange Fizz to say after one of the worst weeks in Syracuse basketball history. But oh no, people on Twitter disagree. Here's what we've got. We've got Jason Dumas. Jason Dumas, Jason Dumas, who knows? He's got a blue check mark. Syracuse grad, now working in Baltimore. Jason, by all accounts, good guy, but I dislike this tweet. Here's what he said. Worst week in Syracuse basketball history, relax. You know what, Jason? I think you should stop relaxing. I think you should be worried. Get upset. Get upset because Syracuse basketball is in a bit of a, a, a tough spot right now. They're not in an easy spot. And even if Syracuse is still good next year, we're never going to be able to rid ourselves of the dream of Darius Baisley coming to SU. Oh, it was such a nice dream. It was better than your dream about Chance Amy. I will not even disagree with that. For as much as I love Chance Amy, I can't disagree because imagining Darius Baisley and O'Shea Brissett on the wings with Tyus Battle, Frank Howard slash Jalen Carey up top, and the newly goggled Pascal Chukwu anchoring it all down low, that is one heck of a starting five with so much depth behind, too. And now Baisley's gone. There's your blue chip guy. Again, best recruit in 15 years since Mello led this team to a national championship. And you lose Moyer, a nice depth piece, and Bayer, who is a great story as a walk-on. So yeah, it is one of the worst weeks in Syracuse basketball history. I would say so. I would tend to agree. Because what else could really there's be probably, this bad? There's probably been some pretty bad stuff if you in think like about the it, middle like, of the season. Like, what, yeah. The week, about, the week of the St. John's loss last year was probably not great. That's tough. That's tough, but it's also but one loss one in a season of 30-plus games. It doesn't affect the whole rest of your right. season. I, yeah, absolutely. I'd Definitely like, one one of the top three, probably. At, at least, least in recent memory. Yeah, definitely. Tell me if I'm out of line here, J.D. I think it was reasonable to predict a top-four seed for Syracuse with Baisley. Yeah, I agree. I and think at least not. a five, probably a little bit higher. And yeah. now it's not. Prob- it's probably not reasonable. I mean, especially if Battle leaves, and we've already talked about this, I think now that Baisley is deciding not to come to Syracuse, I think it's more likely that Battle goes to the draft because of that. Then you're in big-time trouble if yeah. Tyus Battle leaves and Darius Baisley leaves. And good sign from O'Shea set still not 100%, 100% though. Then it all spirals out of control. And maybe Jason's got a point by saying relax because I'm getting all hot and bothered by this. But I really don't think it was out of line to say one of the worst weeks in Syracuse basketball history. And then we've got another one, another name I can't pronounce. Robert Masuras? At Robber at Robber Rob eighty eight says your tweets are borderline ridiculous sometimes. I disagree. I think our tweets are great. I simply think it's not ridiculous. I think you're ridiculous, Robert Masuras, by saying that we're ridiculous because this was a brutal week for Syracuse basketball. It was not a great week by any stretch of the imagination. Definitely some interesting comments here from Fizz Nation. We can always. Uh, rely on you guys to give us some fun stuff to talk about. And we do want to give a couple of shout-outs. Two other replies to that tweet from Troy Thibodeau and Evan Williams, both very rational. Troy says, now we need battle to do the same. 
100% agree. Tyus needs to return to Syracuse if the Orange wants to have a chance to really live, live up to the Makes potential noise, we thought they had. Least, yeah. And then Evan Williams says he's six foot eight and shot 35% from the field last year, talking about Brissett. He had nowhere to go in the NBA draft. I'm not sure if I agree with that, but I do agree with the fact that Brissett has a lot of room for improvement and can really boost his draft stock with another year in college. Yeah, I said it at the at the early in the early part of the show. I think that O'Shea Brissett comes back. I think he needs to come back. Really work on that game. Tyus Battle may be a different conversation. I think he might be headed uh, to the league, to the association, as some would call it. But definitely something to keep our eye on moving forward, and we at here at Orange Fizz will certainly do that. Make sure to follow along with us on Twitter, at Orange Fizz. Follow us along, along with us online, orangefizz.net, on the iTunes Pod Center, on SoundCloud. That'll do it for us here at Fizz Radio. For Drew Carter, I'm J.D. Rachi saying so long. And hopefully, just hopefully, Ty's battle comes back. Same time next week, Knuckleheads. (laughs) 